Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Once again, we find ourselves on the holy mountain. We are, we are at the midpoint, give or take, between our celebration of Christmas, the birth of Christ, the incarnation of God with us, the amazing miracle that God so loved us that he wanted to know us, and so he became one of us to learn, to laugh, to cry, to wander, to wonder. And our celebration of Easter and the resurrection of Christ, the defeat of the shadow of death, that last thing that separated us from God and the brilliant revelation that we will live with God forever. But now we are at the midpoint on the mountain for the transfiguration, the moment for when the three apostles, the Jesus' glory is revealed. This week, I took the long and arduous journey down to the Fondren neighborhood in Jackson to St. James Parish to hear our beloved friend and organist Michael give a recital. It was an excellent program, including a fascinating piece entitled In Memoriam, a sonic meditation on those who made the ultimate sacrifice in World War II. And during the recital, I found myself caught up in the music, eyes closed, the sunlight was shining on the side of my face, filtered by the stained glass window, and I was blissfully transported. It was a delight. But then it was over. I moved, or the sun moved, or a cloud moved, and the moment was over. And I found myself distracted and micro-gyrating in the pew, trying to find the light again, trying to recreate that moment. But I never could. I should have been thankful. Instead, I wanted more. Moments like that are what I would call transcendent moments. Moments when the mundane, the regular, the ordinary, and sometimes even the horrible and the tragic are surprising and miraculously elevated to a higher plane where wonder is the norm and joy is restored. These are those thin places, as the Celtics say, and as I have said many times before, where the proximity of heaven and earth seem inexplicably close and we receive a taste, a fleeting glimpse, a whiff of what the reign of God might really be all about. 
And on this last Sunday of the Epiphany, the last Sunday before we begin the Pilgrim Way of Lent, we hear again the account of the prototypical thin place, the transfiguration of Jesus before Peter and James and John. Can you imagine being one of those three apostles? One day you are walking along just following Jesus when the Lord says, hey, let's take a walk. So you and your buddies follow Jesus off into the wilderness. Where do you think we are going? This ministry business is hard. We have no money. We have no food. The people are sick and needy and scared. I thought I signed up to follow a heavenly king, not wade into all this messy earthly stuff. I wonder what Jesus is going to do this time. Then you move off the beaten path and start to climb a mountain. Why are we climbing this mountain? No one said anything about a mountain. I already got my exercise at the gym this morning. I don't need anything more. This is very strange. You finally reach the top, and something happens. You look up, and the simple teacher that you had followed for so many months has completely changed. Instead of tattered robes, he has become dazzling white and shines brighter than the noonday sun. He is beautiful and radiant and magnificent. And to top it all off, he is not alone, but two other shining prophets are with him. Holy, that <clears throat> you exclaim, that's Moses and that's Elijah. What are they doing here? And they're talking to Jesus and he's talking to them. I guess he really is the son of God after all. This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And then, and I love the moment that comes next, when Peter, as Peter often does, opens his big fat yap and sticks his mouth in it. Then Peter says to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. How often do we, and I certainly count myself among that we, how often when we don't know what to say, we say something ridiculous? Peter needs to practice his mindfulness. Instead of being thankful for the moment, Peter tries to hold on for fear of losing something that never was his to begin with. He wants to make a booth, a tent used at the annual Jewish festival of booths, one of the three major festivals of the year, a festival of the Thanksgiving. For Peter thinks that the transfiguration will be the end of their journey. But this is the midpoint, and there is much ministry and miracle and misery to come. The transfiguration is amazing. Amazing because we see Jesus for who he truly is. And we should relish this moment as much and as fully as we can. But what is equally amazing is that this transfiguration, this transcendent moment, this thin place happened among us, among ordinary folks like you and me. We wade through that same stuff that the original 12 apostles had to deal with, economic uncertainty, political strife, illness, family issues, fear, death, 
doubt. But our transfiguration is equally real. The transfiguration happens for us too the same way it did for Peter and James and John. And if we look for it, we can witness witness transfiguration every day. Tom Long, a preaching professor at Emory University in Atlanta, wrote this about the transfiguration. If we see Jesus for real on that mountain, we see ourselves for real too. If Jesus' ministry experienced rejection, failure, and violence, so did theirs. Down in their own valley, all they could see was their life and hope slipping away. But up on that mountain, they could see themselves in Jesus' light. They could see, see the cloud of God's care hovering over them and hear God calling them beloved. In these uncertain times, in this crazy and mixed-up world, amid all the stuff that weighs us down and that can make us feel alone, unloved, and afraid, look for the transfiguration. Look for those thin places. As Gandalf says in The Lord of the Rings, look out for me, especially at unlikely times. They don't have to happen on a mountain. They can happen in your cubicle or over a cup of coffee, in a pew, or holding a baby in your arms. Then God, as we will pray in the Eucharistic prayer, will cause a new light to shine in our hearts. If you pay attention, when you least expect it, suddenly all will be dazzling white, and we will all know that we will all be okay, for we are beloved too. We deserve to be listened to, for we are in the presence of God. Amen.